goodness. Stu, is it not so great to be sitting here in the same room with me again? Oh, I was <laughs> dreaming about it all vacation, yeah, and now yeah, here it is. Yeah, and yeah. wow. Uh, so I had quite a vacation. I, uh, I saw a lot of things, did a lot of thinking, uh, have some, some new uh, attitude and some new... Uh, ideas that we'll be explaining over the next few weeks. Uh, some things that we're going to talk about tonight. Big one is the agenda for the Republicans. I'm tired of them. Mm. Um, we have Chip Roy on today's podcast, and I think he's tired of it too. Um, but we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Speaker of the House, and I'm great. I'm I'm glad. Good. I I don't want another mealy mouth, wishy washy guy who's doing everything behind the scenes. You know, no John Boehner's. No John Boehner's, what do you say? No? Yeah. Oh. No Paul Wright. When I heard actually somebody say, well, we, maybe we can get Paul Wright. Are you out of your mind? Oh my gosh, these guys don't get it. No, they do not get it. They do not understand the base, the, the voters. The, they don't understand any of it. And they're being in, you know, embarrassed publicly because of that <laughs> right, right now. Uh, you think they might eventually get it under control, but nah. nah. We'll see. We'll see. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, that and so much more on today's podcast. Here it is. And don't forget to review the podcast and subscribe. Why don't you do that like you're a professional? Instead of saying, why don't you review the uh, podcast? Let's say it is a professional. Sorry. Take two. Make sure that you review the podcast and also follow the podcast and also Stu Does America, which is also available. Oh my gosh, here it is, available. the podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Commodio Cordis. Hmm? What was that you said? Commodio Cordis. And that's all you can say. May I just uh, may I just try to talk some common sense here? The NFL player that had a heart attack on Monday Night Football. Terrifying. I don't usually watch sports. I've been watching a lot of football with my son lately. And I was uh, at dinner on Monday night. And didn't see it. My son and I come back to the hotel and we pass the gym. Didn't go in. God, for <laughs> But uh, we passed the gym and the uh, Monday Night Football was on. So this is your use of the gym? You look at the TV that's look, on in the yeah, gym? Yeah, I look through okay. the glass at the TV. Right. And I was like, whoa, what's <laughs> happening on Monday Night Football? Um, and so we got into the room and we watched it. And it was it was shocking. It was shocking. Uh you know, something that it's one of those moments that you will you will remember if you saw it, something that the sportscasters all night. I lost count of how many times is it? We're not sure what's going to happen. There's no precedent for this. I've never seen anything like this. I don't know. OK. I, I noticed a couple of things that stuck out to me and 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 bothered me. When I had to switch over to ESPN, I think it was, or the NFL Network, to be able to see what was going on, um, they didn't replay the the scene over and over and over again. That's unusual. Not like we need right. to see it over and over again, but that's what television does. Okay, for dummies like me who tune in, 
late. And I'm like, where is the footage? Where is the footage? I had to go online to see the footage. And that shocked me. It also was, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think this is a good thing. But I, I, they, they immediately changed. Even the sounders, you know, usually when the screen changes, you'll hear. <laughs> all of the noise went away. Uh, and it so it added to the drama of it. Now, they wouldn't say, and I thought it was extremely responsible. They wouldn't say really what had happened. I think they knew uh, a few minutes before. That's usually what happens when you're on a network. You get word of what is happening, and then you're waiting for it to be verified before you say anything. So uh, I was like, "There, we're going to have word here in a few minutes." I'm like, "Somebody is on the set, standing there with what exactly happened." But we don't know exactly what happened, and this was the thing that really bothered me. It started immediately. This is a COVID vaccine. No, this is, what is it? Commodio. You're talking about uh, cart, uh, 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 ailment known as. as um, Commodio cordis. Right. Commodio cordis. <laughs> Commodio cordis. That's what it is. All of a sudden, everybody's an expert on Commodio right. cord, uh, cordis. Commodio cordis. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. A, uh, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Everyone knows instantly from from the video. Right. And then everybody knows, no, that's not what it is. It's the vaccine. (laughs) And then, shut up. You're an enemy of the state. (laughs) What the hell was that? Okay. So, Commodio uh, Cordis, and I am now an expert on this. Once you can pronounce it, you're officially the expert. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's rare. It happens 10 to 20 times a year. It happens mainly in children under the age of 18. I don't know if that has anything to do with, I don't know what the age is. Maybe it's 18. I think it's a little younger than that, that you stop going. I I got to win. Knock out of me. It doesn't happen when you're an adult. You know, when you get the wind knocked out of you and you're like, I can't breathe. You ever feel yeah, that? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I never put that together. That doesn't happen later on. I just life. thought it was because we don't fall out of trees. Or we don't move. Right? Maybe <laughs> we, that's don't it. Move, yeah, we don't move. Right. We don't fall out of trees. Right. Yeah. But that stops happening. Okay. So it could be part of that, that you don't really do a lot of stuff that where you get the wind knocked out of you. Um, but it mainly happens with people under 18. It's much more rare in people over 20. Now, is that possible? Uh, yeah, it's absolutely possible. Weird things happen to the body under intense situations. Car crashes. He had a heart attack. How did he have a heart attack? He had a car crash. Okay. Might have become as he was going, oh, my God. Or the steering wheel came into his chest and stopped his heart. That would be Commodio Cordis. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Expert doctor. Thank you. Well, mm-hmm. I am a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the hit he took or gave or I don't took yeah. was yeah was not out of the ordinary, was it? it no, didn't look it seemed like, very routine. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't brutal. We've mm-hmm. seen worse, much worse. Yeah. 
Um, he took the hit and then he stood up and then we all watched in horror as he just fell to the ground unconscious. He was given CPR and AED. It was used to shock his heart back in rhythm. I found something out about about uh, uh, AEDs. You know, when you're watching, you know, some hospital show and they're like, quick, he's flatline. Get a charge. That doesn't actually start your heart back up. It's I, I, as I understand it, it only shocks it into rhythm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, and I, I would question you on this, but you're a doctor who's an expert. Thank you very much. Right. So I don't need to. <laughs> Commodio Cordis. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so anyway, the the immediate reaction was mixed. Most of our thoughts went directly to the well being of of Hamlin and his poor family. And the, the teammates, you know, and when you hear the NFL's like, well, we're not sure if we're going to continue to play. I'm like, look at them. Do you think anybody wants to finish this game? And thoughts and prayers became okay again. Nobody was saying those are meaningless. Shut up with your thoughts and prayers. It became meaningful again. In fact, one of the sportscasters did this um football gave me everything you know and i think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night i think you saw some of the beauty of football Mm -hmm. as well that it's brought us all here together um you know like this is a little bit different i heard i've heard it all day like thoughts and prayers and you just heard sheriff and jonathan allen say like all we can do is pray for him and I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say that we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that your God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're... we're sad we're angry um and we want answers but some things are unanswerable we just want to pray truly come to you and pray for strength for damar for healing for damar for comfort for damar to be with his family to give them peace if we didn't believe that prayer didn't work we wouldn't ask this of you god um i believe in prayer we believe in prayer we lift up DeMar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 Uh, that's ESPN. That's ESPN. Wow. Now, this is sheer coincidence, but I read yesterday that Disney is thinking about selling ESPN. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. If you look at the stats, according to Dr. McCullough, who is... Um, a world famous, probably one of the most respected and decorated cardiologists in history, Peter McCullough. Um, he um, published a paper, and I shouldn't say it that way because it was just an op-ed. It wasn't a, a peer-reviewed paper. Um, he said there is a sharp rise in athlete deaths. Uh, deaths since vaccination: fifteen hundred ninety-eight athletes suffered cardiac arrest. Eleven hundred and one died. Over the prior 38 years, 1,100 athletes aged of 35, uh, no, sorry, 1,101 athletes died of the age of 35. Um, sorry, 
the ages of 29 and uh, younger was uh, 35. So it was mainly kids. In 38 years, he says, uh, we had still less athlete cardiac arrest than we've had in just a couple of years since the COVID vaccine. I don't know. This is not a peer-reviewed study. I don't even know if I trust peer-reviewed anything anymore. Um, but I don't know. You don't know. I don't think McCullough knows if this is what it was. It, it would depend on what they're finding. My, my real problem and my point on all of this is 2023 has to be the year of questions asked and answered. Asked and answered if we are going to live in a free society then no questions are off the table it used to be well that's a stupid question these aren't stupid questions could it been commodio cardis cordis yes it could be might be probably is could it be that it was the covid vaccine might be could be probably is could it be both of them Maybe a mixture of four different things might be, could be, probably is. We have the same answer until we actually know. The thing we have to get to is being willing to ask the questions. The biggest problem comes from the CDC and the uh, the AMA and Fauci and the government and Twitter in its old form and Facebook and Google that have all colluded to shut you up from asking questions. You know how this wouldn't have been a big deal? If we would have seen and been, they would have been open about all of the side effects of the vaccine. If they just would have come out and said, hey, look, there's a possibility of these things, and this is the way it is. Instead, we weren't allowed to question. So you find out, wait a minute, that's not what you said. Now, everything you say is questioned. And don't blame it on the conspiracy theorists. Blame it on those who refused to allow questions to be asked and answered in a reasonable fashion. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. We're really glad that uh, Chip Roy is uh, with us. Talk to us about the battle for the Speaker of the House. Uh, hello, Chip. How are you? Glenn, I'm doing well. Um, we're... Uh... Uh, engaged in yet another series of meetings this morning. We were here until midnight last night at the Capitol, and we're going to continue to fight for the people that uh, sent us here to fight for them. Well, A, I appreciate that, and I hope that uh, America responds. I, I, I think the Carl Roves of the world are thinking that people like you are going to get a lot of calls and deluged, deluged at uh, your office today saying, don't you dare, you go with Speaker McCarthy. I think the other is going to happen because I'm I'm done, Chip. I'm done when the when the Senate passed the omnibus bill 
I was done. If you guys don't have the freedom to investigate and the teeth and the backbone to actually do things in the interest of all Americans, why did we vote for any Republicans? Well, Glenn, that's the question. That is the central question. People have been asking, like, what's the message? And I tried to deliver a message on the floor of the House last night that what we're fighting for are the tools and the leadership necessary to stop the swamp from rolling over the average American who are sick and tired of seeing this town undermine their freedom, spend money we don't have, and continue to violate uh, every promise they've ever made in the campaign. I'm going to come up and I'm going to cut spending. We're going to balance the budget. Correct. We're going to secure the border. Bull. You saw what happened unfold with that ridiculous $1.7 trillion bill. There was no real significant pushback from the House leadership when Mitch McConnell stuck it to the American people, made it impossible for us to secure the border, took away our leverage, and did it so that the current D.C. establishment could get what they wanted in terms of a big spending bill for the defense complex and to jam through something that the American people didn't want. That's what we have to stop, Glenn. Okay, so that's what this is about. So I am with you. So now, it will will those of you who are uh, mounting this battle, is there a compromise McCarthy could make? So I would have told you um, 48 hours ago that the answer to that question was yes. The problem is is there is a growing group of hardcore no votes against Kevin because of the way things unfolded yesterday at the Republican conference meeting in which Mike Rogers stood up and threatened members from losing their committees. And when uh, lies were being told about what was uh, behind the motives of members seeking quote, petty personal uh, privileges and being on certain committees, which was a total lie because members offered in good faith. All right. Put me on the Appropriations Committee. I don't want to be in the Appropriations Committee, but I'll do it, right? Or put me on the Rules Committee. That was me. I said, sure, put my name on the Rules Committee as someone who would do it, even though I don't want to fly away from my home and miss my family on Sunday night and fly up here to be here on Monday mornings to set the rules. And the Rules Committee is the funnel through which all things get to the floor. The fight in 1923, when there were nine rounds of votes for the Speaker, the culmination of that was a complete change of the Rules Committee because it's so powerful. It's a secret committee, kind of, that nobody knows about, that just sits there and decides what bills get to the floor, what's in them, and what it looks like. Hmm. So we had a debate about that, and then people lied about it. So now you got a bunch of members that are saying, you know what, I can't trust them. I'm not going to be able to vote for the guy. Now, that being said, Glenn, literally the conversations I had till midnight last night and this morning is trying to work in good faith on how to change the institution. I, speaking for myself, would there be a path for me to get there? But the path for me requires us to be able to control the ability of uh, the control of the legislation that gets to the floor and stop something like that omnibus bill in December. So requires- hang on just a second. May I, may I just break this down for idiots like me? Uh, I think what you're saying is because I was stunned when I saw you all sitting in the chamber yesterday. I'm like, wow, I haven't seen that since turn of the century. Um your the problem is all of these bills are being done behind closed doors by just a small group and then it's brought to the floor not for discussion but for a vote yes or no and you correct. want that to stop right correct yeah and okay. we made progress and look and glenn this is important the progress we've made over the last 60 days to get rules 
is not because Kevin was standing up trying to figure out, oh, I've got these great ideas on how to make the place better. It was because some of us, five in particular publicly, that were no's, said they weren't going to support Kevin. And then another seven of us signed a letter saying, here are the kinds of things we want to see change. That forced the conversation to get changed. Now these guys are running around saying, well, we gave you everything you want. No, you didn't. You gave us some things that will be an improvement, but you didn't give us the key things, which is what is necessary to stop big bills that the defense world and the liberals among Democrats jam through. Remember and consider, Kevin voted in the minority with more Democrats than Republicans on multiple bills over the last decade. Since he has been a Republican leadership, the debt has gone from $11 trillion to $32 trillion. He voted, for example, for good last You don't need to talk. Right. I am not for right. I mean, I, I, And I get it. I, what, tell me what the specifics are that have to be changed, because I think people need to know specifically, what are we fighting for? The key thing that I believe needs to change is that we have to have people on the Rules Committee who reflect the conservatives who send Republicans to Washington to change the town. That seems wonky. What is the real message? Is that we need conservatives, enough conservatives. I'm not saying put every Freedom Caucus member on there. I'm saying you need to have actual conservatives who will stand up in defense of the American people from the big spending in this town, be on the committees that actually determine what gets to the floor, combined with the changes to the rules that we are partway down the road and getting of opening up the floor so we can have amendments and debate on that the floor so, so that we can kill this stuff. So we're kind of halfway there, but halfway there ain't there. And so if they're not going to work with us to get us there, then that's the problem. And yesterday damaged that and may have created an environment where there's too many guys here saying we can't cut a deal with Kevin. I don't know. Mm. That's what we're working through. Um, and, uh, is there somebody that you think everybody could agree on? Look, I think there's this, there's, here's the problem. If I go out and say, I think person X is the guy, then that might poison. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, so like, so we're having conversations. I promise you, there are people that would surprise you, uh, that are in the sort of center of the world around McCarthy who are having conversations openly. Uh, or I say openly, I mean, privately with us, but like having conversation. Um, but let me give you an example. I nominated yesterday two guys on the floor. I picked one. Byron Donalds was my first vote. Why did I pick Byron? Because Byron is a second term congressman who is not sullied by the swamp. Mm. Successful businessman, father, conservative. He's a friend, proven track record, worked in the Texas. I'm oh, sorry, the Florida legislature. He's a good man. The speaker doesn't have to know every ins and outs of the swamp to make it work. And in fact, we would be great. It would be a breath of fresh air to have someone who doesn't come with a taint of the swamp. Yes. So I picked Byron Donalds. Second, I nominated Jim Jordan. He's been here longer, but he's got a history and a track record of fighting the swamp. That's the whole point. Kevin doesn't have that. Okay. So if we're cutting a deal with Kevin, we better damn well get the rules that will box him in. Otherwise, you got to have a deal with a leader who you can trust to break the swamp, to break the cartel that's destroying our country, spending money we don't have, leaving our borders open, continuing to empower bureaucrats that undermine our freedom. We have to stop it, Glenn. The tools we need have to give us the tools to stop 
continuing to do the same thing we've been doing over and over again while every single Republican goes back in campaigns and then comes to this godforsaken town and throws our country down the drain and undermines everything that the men and women in uniform have so fought so valiantly to save for our kids and our grandkids. That's what this is about. Uh, do you have, are you fighting for, or do you already have uh, enough power of investigation to be able to answer the, the questions that must be answered this year? Must be answered. So I would say we had, we were going way down the path of organizing and, and, and we have the fire and we're ready to go after uh, a lot of the entities that need to. Jim Jordan and Judiciary Committee, for example, and we've already been having lots of conversations and meetings. Everybody's freaking out. Oh, you don't have a speaker. It's like, hold on, like 24 hours, 48 hours. Yeah, the world's not going to implode if we don't have a speaker in place while we try to get it right. But we're ready to go on a lot of these things. You would ask me, do we have everything? I think we need a more aggressive, expanded church committee-style effort to go after the weapons government. I think that we got some headway in that. There were some offers to do it. Um, that was... I think good conversations were going on that, but they kind of stalled on Monday night uh, around other factors. So I think we made headway and we're in a good place to be able to do some good things with that. But we got a lot more work we need to do. Do you see us, um, I think in 29, or no, it was 1856, I think, where it went on for like 130 votes. Uh, do you see us in a 1856 or a 1920s kind of situation? Well, right now we're through three boats. We're going to go there in an hour and 15 minutes. We know there's going to be at least a fourth. Um, my guess is there might be a fifth or a sixth, and we're going to continue to have conversations today. Um, there's a, like I said, there, Kevin doesn't have the votes. So we've got to work through on getting it there. And we're either going to get it there through fixing the rules and getting it to where we can protect the American people and do what we said we would do to stop the swamp, or we need a new leader or both. But we're working on it as hard as we know how to do. But the American people need to be patient, knowing that there's a group of people up here fighting for you. That's what this is about, fighting to defend the American people against the swamp. That's everything that we're trying to do. And the most effective thing any listener can do? Call your member and tell them to stand with us to get what we need to get to stop the swamp. And that means Kevin McCarthy needs to come to the table or we need a new leader. But don't go, you know, walk away and get, get you know, don't walk away because you're hearing people go, oh, my God, you might end up with a Democrat speaker. That's only going to happen if Republicans vote for a Democrat. Republicans vote for Republicans. You get a Republican speaker, and we're going to keep working to do that. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Chip Roy uh, from the great state of uh, Texas, congressman uh, from Texas, roy.house.gov. The best of the Glenn Beck program. So uh, the president of Ukraine, uh, Zelensky, held a video conference meeting with Larry Fink, the CEO. Is there a guy who has a more apt name than Larry Fink at BlackRock? Character from Three's Company. Oh. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's just, he's like a Bond yeah. villain. Yeah, okay, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, Larry Fink, he is uh, the world's leading investment managers at BlackRock. Um, they they manage about $8 trillion. It's probably more than that um all together but under their direct uh leadership eight trillion dollars now they had some preliminary agreements uh with the head of state and larry fink the blackrock team has been working for several months on a project to advise ukrainian government on how to structure the country's reconstruction funds 
So I just want to this right. Ukraine comes and they want money for this war, and our government gives them money, and we don't send any accountants to track that money. Then BlackRock starts working with their government and says, we'll help you use that money. Mm, this doesn't sound, like, doesn't sound like there's anything we should be watching here, does it? He, um, he agreed with uh, Larry Fink to focus on coordinating the efforts of all potential investors and participants in the reconstruction of their country, channeling investments into the most relevant and impactful sectors of the Ukrainian economy. During uh, the conversation, it was emphasized that Black BlackRock leaders plan to visit Ukraine in the next year. Our accountants? No. But BlackRock will be there. Um, <clears throat> they are um, they're, uh, going in and, uh, and uh, uh, looking after the allocated uh, funds, and they're going to advise on structuring the re- uh, reconstruction projects for Ukraine. So... Why has Ukraine become such a big deal? If you go back in time, do you remember? Ukraine was a big deal under Obama with Biden. Huge. 2014. Had to have Ukraine. Had to have Ukraine. The State Department overthrows the sitting president and gets in the new president. And then Biden comes over and threatens them with funds and says, you got to get rid of this prosecutor. Otherwise, we're going to withhold funds and they get rid of that prosecutor. This has been a money laundering scene for the left for a very, very long time. George Soros, all of the left is over in Ukraine. Why is the question now? Is it because we are strategically using Ukraine to dismantle Russia because there is a fight for a new world order? And it is either going to be the World Economic Forum's world order or the world order of the communists in China or the Putins of the world. And that is a national socialistic kind of uh, nation. Or what the World Economic Forum is going for is an international socialistic sort of program. Okay, that's truly what it is. National and international. They're not communists. It is truly more fascism. It is the definition of fascism when the state and the um, business collude with one another and the government tells business what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. And it's all privately owned, but it's a public-private partnership. That is the literal definition of fascism. This is what we went through in World War, uh, World War II. You had the national fascists of Italy and of uh, Germany. And then you had the international communists of russia at that time we also had the free world this time we don't have the free world what's happening now is we're arguing over fascism china might call themselves a communist party but they're much more fascistic in nature than communist this is the argument 
Are we going to be international fascists or are we going to be national fascists? If they can take down Russia, which is a lot easier than China, then you have a much better chance of the whole world being against China and you have national fascism. I think that's one of the reasons. But I also think that there is. There's just a lot of money sloshing around in Ukraine and there's a lot of slime in Ukraine. Who's getting rich on this? We need that question to be answered this year. Before we go to war or give them any more money. Why are we there? Why are we now, according to um, a source in the CIA, we're now directing internal hits on Russia for Ukraine? Why would we do that? And second of all, why would we announce that? Why would we say that out loud? Shh. Inside voice. It's insane. I don't think even if Russia, if Putin says, I'll comply. <clears throat> He's not going to give back uh, Crimea. But if he says, I'll comply and everything else, I don't think we're going to make a deal with him. We want the destruction for some reason. And when I say we, I don't mean you and me. There is some other um, agenda at work. And I have a feeling it revolves around international socialism or the Great Reset. There's a couple of other things that you should be aware of. Uh, the TSA is expanding facial recognition programs at major airports. Um, they're going to they're going to roll this out nationally soon. But the facial recognition program, this is this is really, really bad. Do not give the government a scan of your eye. There is nothing worse than giving them a scan. That is more unique than your fingerprint. It gives more information about you than your fingerprint. And people are just like, yeah, but I'll get through the line quicker. Oh, my gosh. Don't do that. It's now being used in more than a dozen airports, Vegas, Denver, Dallas, Fort Worth, TSA uh, says it's going to destroy most of the images. That's kind of like mostly dead. Uh, they're going to destroy most of the images within a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. 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 Let's watch for that. Because you are going to see in the next year, maybe two, but I, I think it's going to be this year. You are going to see the beginning of uh, a, a tracking system, a global monitoring system that is beyond your imagination. We now have technology through low uh, altitude satellites, uh, drones. We are, we are on the precipice of not a square inch of Earth being unseen 24 hours a day, not a square inch of Earth. They're going to start it in the biggest of cities. They already are doing it in China. But now we have the computing power 
and we have the photographic um, power of being able to monitor everything and link everything. Did you see the movie uh, State of Fear? Who was in that? Uh, it was Gene Hackman uh, and Will Smith, I think. That was uh, Enemy of the State. Wasn't Enemy it? of the State. Okay. Thank you. Enemy of the State. Enemy of the State. If you saw that, I remember watching going, that technology doesn't exist, does it? The answer then was no. But the people in the Pentagon and the CIA, they were like, hey, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> There's a fun toy. Yeah. And we are now building it. And uh, there's probably no stopping it now, you know, unless we had Congress on our side, which don't count on that one. But that is extraordinarily dangerous. What part of that technology are you talking about when you say the the part of technology that could uh, what they're building now is low earth or low altitude uh, satellites in a string that can monitor one place all the time so it because the satellites move you need a string of them so it's constantly trained on new york city and can lock in on new york city continually 24 hours a day and then it will have parameters through the algorithm of that's unusual that's not right and it can you know it it can read your you know the back of your credit card from space and the algorithm will say Something terrorist activity, something illegal may be happening, and it can automatically gin down, zoom in on any area, alert the police, alert the feds, or it can zoom in. And if it can't get close enough all through algorithm, it will then start to use the local cameras all the way to your cell phones and be able to see exactly what's going on everywhere in that area so basically constant monitoring they're calling it the all-seeing eye i wrote about it. it's called the eye of moloch mm. um, but that is now uh coming coming soon to a world near you and even i i know you i think i understand what you meant by this but you said you know oh you know, this is definitely going to happen unless congress gets on our side but even if congress was a a, a a congress that respected the constitution china's is not someone eventually is going to do this. no somebody is going to do it and that is the excuse that all of them use look china is going to do it so we better do it too mm-hmm. um the problem uh, the problem with it is once you have it no no one no one ever gives that power up no one gives that power up uh, that's the problem with the intel being so uh, tied into the administration. You know, when when you have the NSA gathering information on every American, their phone calls, everything. No president is going to say, no, we should shut that down. Mr. President, Russia is doing it to the American people. China is doing it to the American people. We should at least know so we have the heads up. They're just never going to get rid of it. Never. Well, it's not paranoia if they're really after you. Exactly. Exactly right. It's not only true, but also the tagline for enemy of the state. (laughs) So it's. uh, I got to watch that again. Yeah. I've been reading up. I think it's called Whammy. I've been reading up on it lately. And uh, it's a little terrifying. The stuff that we've talked about it for years and said, one of these days. Well, when I say one of these days. It could be in the next six months 
that these things begin to come online. I'm a little disturbed that if, if they're calling it whammy, are they naming it after the creature that steals your points on Press Your Luck, the old game show? Oh my gosh, you figured <laughs> it out. <laughs> no. Na, 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 na.